Sunshiny Sunday. Woohoo! And I have got some good news for you. Eight weeks from the day spring starts. Yeah! <laughs> Can you believe it? Eight weeks. So I am ready for spring. I'm tired of this. You know, snow has been a little weird this year. I mean, we've already had, what, five, six events just in this one month. So, but what can we do? We live here. We ask for it. If you live in East Tennessee, you don't know what you're going to be. So that's, that's it. How many of you got a uh, prayer request to start out this morning? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Anybody else? I know that we've got a few. We've got uh, uh, still praying for Don. Uh, he got the COVID. And so, uh, but luckily they caught it very early and was giving him some special new medication that's just come out. So he's doing a lot better. Still praying for the uh, young lady that her husband uh, killed himself while she was standing right there next to him. So uh, she's uh, dealing with her grieving, but not dealing with the way I'd like, but we're praying for her, you know. So everybody deals differently. So, well, let's just continue to pray. Let's pray for the church. You know, it's way too many empty chairs. We just, you know, now if we were to have some big name, you know, contemporary rock music band, this place would be packed. Not with us, but it would be packed. <laughs> yeah. It would, uh, I mean, it just people are looking for entertainment and not necessarily the Word of God. So uh, I'm just telling you right now, this church needs to be, I'm wanting to start uh, a prayer ministry uh, for this church. Now, I've been talking with Sylvia, and uh, she looks kind of pale over there. As a matter of fact, I don't even see her. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you'll hear this. But uh, we've been talking about it, and I haven't figured out exactly what name I want to come up with, but it's going to be something like the Aaron Her prayer lifters. You know, they're the ones that lifted up Moses' uh, head, his hands, and uh, when the battle was being fought and every time his hands dropped, they lost, and every time he raised his hands, he won. So I think that's what we need. We need to lift up the hands of everybody that's in this church and say, let's bring people in. And so uh, we've invited several. I've already had several people say, well, we can't be there, but we're there on your live stream. So I've even had one person say, well, we kind of consider that our church now. So uh, that's good. That's sending your tithes and offers, okay? <laughs> so we're just, uh, we're happy. We're happy that God is using uh, this ministry. So uh, Father God, we come to you this morning. We ask you, Lord, to let me step aside. Let the Holy Spirit take over. Guide us, direct us, teach us, Lord, as only you can, Lord. And we will all be in agreement for we say, Amen. All right. We got through the first four verses. How exciting. <laughs> four verses. 
I'm hoping to get a little bit further than four verses. Last week we uh, taught on count it all joy. Count it all joy. Pain, death, temptations to lust, sickness, disease, divorce, disappointments, emptiness, anger. We are to count it all joy. Not easy. Not easy. I mean, I have been struggling this week with several issues that are that have come up in the family, and you know, I go, what am I going to do? And then it just hits me: count it all joy, count it all joy, count it all joy. So, today's lesson is: God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. You know. That's what's missing in the church world today. It's people that are willing to say, God, I don't have the wisdom I need. So count it all. Joy. So you can ask for wisdom. And in the fifth verse, if any of you lack wisdom, what is wisdom? We'll cover that in just a minute. Let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. Wisdom. Well, we know that it's in one of the gifts of the Spirit. It's wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is knowing the mind of God. Now, there's a lot of difference between knowledge and wisdom. This world is full of knowledge. I mean, it's just eat up with knowledge. We have all kinds of colleges and all kinds of uh, universities with all these fancy degrees, and these people are just full of knowledge. What good is knowledge if you don't know how to use it? I mean, that's our problem. Here in, here in the church world, we know all about the Bible. Well, a good bit about the Bible. But do we know exactly what God wants us to know in the Bible? You can read the Bible now until the sheep come home. So, you know, you can read it, read it, read it. You might have the knowledge. You say, oh, man, I can quote this scripture. I uh, once said under the teaching of some, some uh, upstart, oh, he was on up in years, and that man could quote the Bible frontward, backwards, and upside down. I don't know if you've ever heard of Finance J. Dake, but that man could quote the Bible. So he knew all about it. There's a lot of other people can quote, oh, what does, you know, this verse say, oh, it's just, just, just. what does it mean? Um, I don't know exactly. You can know all about the Bible, reading the scriptures. You may have so much knowledge on the Bible, but do you have God's wisdom? How are you going to make it in this world, 
How can a believer conquer trials and temptations? Have any of you had any trials and temptations this week? If you haven't, please come see me. I'll share some of mine. Say, I just, you know, we do. Let's face it. These people that says, oh, I don't have any problems. I say, yeah, you do. Lying is one of them. I mean, you know, you got problems. I don't care who you are. Wash machine quit. The dog chewed your shoes. You know, something. You've had a problem. How can we conquer these trials? First thing I want you to think about is ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. This means that you need to ask God, God, give me your knowledge of why I am facing this problem. Why are we seeing this problem? You can't overcome something that you don't know. How am I going to make it through this loss of a job or loss of uh, health or whatever? It is? How am I going to make it through that, God? I know all about what has happened, but I don't know how to make it through. First of all, you need to understand where does it come from? I'm sorry to tell you, but a lot of our problems, most of our problems actually come from God letting it happen. Did you realize that God is in total control? That anything that happens to you, He already knows about it. This young lady that, that lost her husband, she said, it was such a surprise. I said, yep, it wasn't a surprise to God. God already knew about it. Kind of tough. But God already knew about it. Why can't he stop him? Because we are free moral agents. God gave us a will. And so something happens, God's going to allow it because we're free moral agents. He's not going to. He'll put every kind of roadblock he can up in front of you. But if you don't have the wisdom of God, you're not going to realize that that's a roadblock. You're not going to realize, he says, don't go through that door. Don't go here, don't go there. I've, I've had a few times that the Lord would just speak to me, say, don't go down that road. And I don't mean life's road, a highway. Don't go down there. Go around. So I did. Come to find out there was a big accident. Could have been me in that accident. So I say, God, you directed me. And I'm thankful for it. Wisdom means far more than just knowledge, far more than just being intellectual about some of life's areas. Knowledge is the grasping of facts. Millions and millions of us are knowledgeable. People have their heads full of knowledge. Uh, this young man right here came in here after fixing one of the computers back there. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I used to work on them. 
Have they gotten so far ahead of me? That's back in the old tube days. Anybody ever remember tubes? Tubes and radios, tubes and TV and all that. Now they've gone to transistors. Now they've gone to much more circuit boards and all that. Now they pass me by. And I could take a tube out and check it and put a new tube in. Boy, it worked. Nowadays, you got to swap this board and swap that board. and I don't know. You have to have a meeting of the board, I guess, to uh, figure out which board. But when coping with trials and temptations of life, something more than a head full of facts is needed. Something more than just knowing. We need wisdom. It's not only seeing and knowing all about life, it's seeing and knowing what to do about life. What is life? Remember the age-old question that somebody climbed up to the mountain to see that Indian guy up there and says, what is the meaning of life? <laughs> I don't know. The meaning of life to me is God. He's the meaning of life. He knows all about life. So, if he is the knowledge of life, why not go to him when you're facing the problem? You know, it didn't say, now, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask his psychiatrist. You want to know how to get to your problems? Go to the psychoanalyst. Go to your doctor so he can give you some extra pills. No, the Bible says exactly what to do. The problem is that we read the Bible and then we don't do. If any of us lack wisdom, if any of us lack the ability to understand the knowledge of the Word of God, then why not just talk to the author? He wrote the book. Why not go to him and ask him? Ask him what we're supposed to do. God, tell me how to get through this situation. It's driving me crazy. Now, y'all may not react to situations the way I do necessarily, but uh, my wife is thinking on putting uh, big rubber walls up so when I go boom on the, you know, I don't dent the, the walls. That's it's not doing that very But I, I tend to just react. I tend to react. I'm, I'm, and I'm a reactor. And I tend to say, oh, no, what am I going to do? And then, you know, God always has to pull a Jethro Gibbs. Now, do you know who Jethro Gibbs is? Yeah. What does he do? Jethro Gibbs on NCIS. One of his people say, I don't know. What do you do? He walks up to him and goes right across the back of the head. Oh, that's a Jethro Gibbs move. That's what God does to me. He goes, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to handle this? Oh no, oh no, we got a bill due and I ain't got any money. And then all of a sudden I go, uh, okay. 
I guess I need to come to you, Lord. I don't have the money for this. I don't know what to do. He says, ask me. I mean, I own all the cattle on all the hills. All I got to do is sell the cow. It's kind of putting a little on sim simple. Sometimes we need the Bible just to be simplified. I'm going to just sell a cow. And I'll get the money to you. Now, it may not come in a check in the mail, and it may not come in a uh, way we think of. I mean, there's many a times, especially when I was in what was called my internship program for the Church of God. We had to drive a long way to the church because they always made sure it wasn't a church near you. It was a long way away. We had an old car. Whew, I mean, tell you what, we had to wind that rubber band up before we started going. And I, I just, many a time, we got there and didn't know how we were going to get back. We were just about out of gas. I wouldn't say a word. I'd say, God, here I am. This is where you want me to be. So if you want me to live here in the basement of the church, I guess we will. We don't have enough groceries at home. Don't have gas to get home. What are we going to do? Then I'd come out after services there in the back of that little Volkswagen square back, be loaded down with groceries and money sitting there to buy gasoline with. You know, go to God. Go to God. Don't go to this cash advance places. Check into cash. Yeah, be the last check you ever see. I used to work there, I know. It, you just got to stop using the world to answer your problems. I want to tell you what, the world is your problem. Everything is always trying to work against us. Why? Because it's the world. You're a Christian. You are marked. You are an enemy of the world. People don't like you. People don't like you because you stand for God. If you really, really want to make the world mad, tell them you are a Pentecostal, baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues person. And I say, you're one of those. And I say, yep, I am. But let them get into a problem and see who do they run to. Hey. Can, can, can you say a little prayer for me? Sure. No problem. I can say a prayer. I got a lot of prayers. They're not in any book. I don't have a book of prayers. You ever seen these people that get up there on these big fancy do things that says, now let us pray. He opens a book and he starts reading. That ain't praying, that's reading. Praying comes from here. It comes from the heart. 
and you got a situation and you don't know how to handle it and you, you, the wisdom of God says, do this and do that, but you don't understand how to do it. Wisdom grasps the great truths of life. It sees the trials and temptations that surrounds life and death, God and man, time and eternity, good and evil. Wisdom not only grasps this thing, it knows what to do about it. It knows about what to do about your problem. So if you lack wisdom, if you lack wisdom, ask God. And he will give you what? Just enough so that you'll be able to get He'll give you just a little bit and pour it on, kind of like you do salt on a baked potato. Bible says it says he gives to everybody liberally. Now I had a thought when I was studying this. Our God's a liberal. <laughs> He's not conservative. He's liberal. He gives unto us liberally. He gives us joy liberally. He gives us salvation liberally. He gives us whatever we need liberally. He don't cut corners. This is the one liberal I'm glad to go to. Because he has all the things. God won't reproach. He won't rebuke us. He won't scold us for not knowing how to handle the problem. Oh, you terrible Christians, been saved for 400 years and you don't know how to handle God don't do that. God don't do that. You do. I had somebody contact me this morning in, in, a, in a message. She says, please pray for me. She just had a list of stuff she'd gone through in the past 72 hours and I thought, my goodness. She says, and I, I, I just don't know what to do. And I feel like I failed God because I don't know what to do. Man, I shot a message back in it. That stopped that. That's what Satan wants to hear you say. I failed God because I don't know what to do. Hey, you're not God. You don't know how to handle the situations, but he does. And I began quoting these scriptures to her. Ask God. God loves us. We are his sons and daughters. He loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, how many whosoever's are here? Amen. Whosoever believeth on him is going to have eternal life. Now that's exciting. He wants to meet our every need. Therefore God will hear our request and our cry. He will give us the wisdom to conquer the trials and temptations of life. When we pray and we cry out to God, we cannot doubt. Woo! Uh, is, is your time over yet this morning? <laughs> you can't doubt. You can't doubt that God's going to do what He's going to do. How many of us doubt? I'll raise both hands. 
Sometimes I go to God and I say, I do this. But just in case, let me figure out another way. Oh, I guess I'm preaching to myself here. We cannot doubt God. When we pray and cry out to God, we cannot doubt that this, we cannot ask, and then, I wonder if God really does exist. I wonder if He hears me. I wonder if I can really ask that. Of it. I mean, this is God. He's got, you know, He's got this stuff going on over in the Middle East and all this stuff. He ain't got time for me. You know why you say those things? Because you don't know who God is. There's a war going over here, and there's a war going over there, but you're going through a problem. Guess what? You can go to him. His prayer line is open 24-7. Used to be an old song we used to sing, Prayer Bells of Heaven. Oh, how sweetly they ring. Man, we, let's, we forgot how to ring those prayer bells. We forgot how to go to God in prayer. And you don't have to go down on your knees and down on your face and bow thus and all that. People say, how do you pray? I said, how do you talk to me? Oh, we just talk to you. Talk to God. Just talk to Him. He wants to hear from you. How do how do does God talk to us? Well, for one thing, He's talked to us right here. This book. It's your book of instructions. This gives you the knowledge. But what you do with the knowledge is different. You got to understand what's behind the words. It's the reason I love teaching the Bible so much. I love teaching the Bible because every now and then, and when I used to teach the uh, book of Revelation, I, I'd look out and I'd speak. You know, that look on their face like, oh, so, wow. And people say, so, you really know the Bible? Uh -uh. I don't know the Bible that good. But I know the guy that wrote it. I know him very well. He's my father. And my, my brother is the one that made it all worthwhile. I'm going to step back just for a second and give you the clue to everything you need. That. The cross of Christ. That is the center of everything. People say, oh, little faith, oh, great faith. I'm just telling you, go back to the cross. When you wonder what to do, oh. <laughs> I'm beginning to feed it. <laughs> oh, Lord, when I talk about the cross of Christ, it just gets to me. Everything comes from the cross. It was the pointed to from Genesis to Malachi. 
It pointed to the cross. And now the New Testament tells us how to use the cross. It is the power. You've got to quit doubting God. Go back to basics. Go back to basics. You remember when I first first thing I preached here was, what must I do to be saved? And that's believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to believe Him. Now that don't mean just, yeah, I know Him. You've got to be in Him. You've got to be one. You and God have got to be like that. And it's there. It's there that you get what you want. Person that doubts. Let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering. Let him ask in faith. Bible talks about the faith of the size of a grain of a mustard. We got all these mega churches and everything built on this foundation of faith. You know, build your faith and build your faith and build your faith. Why? All I need is the faith of the size of a grain of a mustard seed. I don't need anything. What I do need, I need that. I need to go back to the cross of Christ and say, that, that blood that was running down, it just took one drop. But he let it flow. Liberally, he gave his life. So when you doubt, when you doubt God, that not only hurts you, but it hurts God. Why would you doubt me for what all I've done for you already? But I understand, son. I do understand you're human. And until you leave this old earthly body, you'll not know. Quit condemning yourself. Quit condemning yourself for not being able to do this, not be able to do that, it's because this old fleshly body. You live in a sinful body. Oh no, but I'm saved. You might be saved, but you still live in a sinful body. Luckily, when God looks down, He don't look down on Troy or me or other... What he looks down and he sees, what does he see? He sees Christ. He sees Jesus. He sees the blood that has covered us because of that cross. I think I'm getting off my list. <laughs> Lord, help us that are doubters. Help me when I doubt. And it says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, nothing doubting. 
For he who wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. I don't know if you've ever, we lived in Florida for a long time, and we've been down there in the smooth seas, we've been down there and where the stormy seas and those waves just coming and going and crashing and everything. And that's what God says. If you're a doubter, that's what you are. You're just one of these like this. Sometimes I, I see these, these singing groups up there and they get to doing like this. And I think, oh, must be a wave. <laughs> it just, stop. Stop. Give it over to God. Person shall receive anything, cannot receive anything, because a person who wavers back and forth does not know the value of God's gifts. You don't know the value of the gifts of God. How great a salvation. How great is our salvation? You could be dying and going to hell if it wasn't for that. What a gift! Know this gifts that God has given you, but if you doubt God, then you're doubting how wonderful His gifts are. Oh, oh. I keep getting old hymns running through my mind. I love the old hymns. I think they really said something to us. I think they really had a message. But God gave me salvation. And you know what he did? He said, that salvation is yours. It's yours. Blood of my son now covers you. It's yours. And there is nothing, the Bible says, nothing that can take us out of the hand of God. And I'm walking the fine line here between Calvinism and <laughs> but it just, I, I'm, I'm so tired of seeing people say, well, uh, I doubted God, and now I'm probably going to go to hell. What? God's not ready for you to go to hell. I want you to know that after you're saved, you're working for blessings. Now, you might not have so many crowns when you get there if you lived a rough life. Every now and then I do something, I, I feel something go, and I figure, oh, no, there went another crown. Remember the old hymn that talk, talks about passing, pa tossing the crowns? Well, they call them in that song, diadems. The crowns. They're going to be tag, tossing. Why can't I say that word? Tossing the crowns 
that he has given us at his feet. I don't know about you, but that's going to be a big day. A person can't receive anything when he doesn't value God's gifts. God granted them, the person would not always use them. Gave us the gift of salvation. Secondly, he gave us the gift of justification. I know I'm getting a little off. The justification is, is important. We'll be, sometime I'll go through these lessons. Justification is just, just like that. Think of the word justification is justified, never leave, uh, sinned. It's justified, never sinned. That's what the word justified means. He makes us like we just never sinned. The Bible says that he has forgotten our sins. They are as far as the east is from the west. And they have been tossed into a sea called forgetfulness. There's another song coming. <laughs> what sins are you talking about? I don't see them anymore. That is a gift. <laughs> what a gift. After justification comes the gift of sanctification. What is sanctification? It means God considers us saints. Saint Troy. <laughs> Don't you ever call me Saint Dan. But he considers us saints. We don't have to go through the person over there in Italy. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. God's already given us the title saint. That's sanctification. What's the next thing he gives us? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I'm working on something in my mind have been for a couple of weeks now. About the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, everybody is given a measure of the Holy Spirit when they're saved. I will agree with that. That used to be a contention between Assemblies of God and the Church of God. But it's not anymore. Everybody gets a measure of the Holy Spirit. But we crazy people call Pentecostal have taken it to the level of Acts 2 and 4 where we are not just sprinkled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We are totally baptized in the Holy Ghost. We are immersed into the power of God. And as Pentecostal believers, we are the Dynamos, that's the word that's used. We are the powerhouse of the world of Christianity. I believe it's our duty 
to see that things begin to change. Right there's where it comes from. I would never have been saved if it hadn't been for that. I would have never been justified if it hadn't been for that. I never would have been sanctified if it hadn't been for that. I would have never been filled with the Holy Ghost if it hadn't been for Christ coming up out of that tomb. And he says, I'm going to come back a little bit later. He says, until then, you're going over to Jerusalem. You receive the power that you're going to take across the world. Anybody got any rocks out there? No rocks? Okay, good. I'm safe. Disciples were told to take it across the world. We can't take it across the city. We can't take it across the street. We just, you're talking about failing God. We can't tell others about Jesus Christ. Why? Well, it might hurt their feelings. I'd rather hurt their feelings and know they're going to heaven than hurt, not want to hurt their feelings and them going to hell. Now, what does the Bible tell us about that? It tells us that I, I believe it's the book of Isaiah. It says, I am going to require the blood of the ones that you do not tell about me. I'm going to require the blood upon them. That's pretty strong stuff there, God. Well, I'm a pretty strong God. For let not a man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. Double-minded. That means, I'm on in here, Sylvia, I've already talked about you. Say, <laughs> I, uh, double-minded. That means that you're thinking this way and that way. You think God can, but I don't know if He will. God might, but He might not. A double-minded person is a person that's just not going to understand. You can't be double-minded. You can't be positive and you can't be negative. If you're both positive and negative, it makes you neutral. And a neutral Christian never got anywhere. A double-minded person is unstable in all things. One cannot place his faith in the cross and in something else at the same time. See, I told you. I talked about her and she came. <laughs> A double-minded Christian cannot place his faith in the cross and place his faith in man at the same time. It just won't work. It just won't work. 
You have got to be sold out to God. Such, such a thing as double-mindedness. We're on the eighth verse if you want to get into James. Double-mindedness produces all kinds of instability. It's a type of faith that will never be honored by God. Hmm. That's a little tough there, brother. Don't shoot the messenger. Instability, wavering, double-mindedness. Bible also talks about a man that looks at himself in the mirror, goes away and forgets. Well, sometimes I look in the mirror and I want to go away and forget. I say, who is that old man standing up there in front of the mirror? A double-minded Christians. Oh, I hate to use that. Let me say it this way. Double-minded Christians. We have got a lot of Christians in this world. But do we have a lot of Christians in this world that are not double-minded? that are not wavering, that have asked for wisdom, and that realize where their ability comes from. And I've been talking this morning for those who just came in. Right there. That's where our ability comes from. It's the cross of Christ. Without it, there's nothing. These churches that have taken the cross out of their buildings, they've taken the power. They might as well go out there and just shut down the power. They've taken their altars. We've got places for people to come and pray. I think we need to use them more often. We need more prayer. Prayer is how we plug in to the Holy Spirit. That's how we plug in to the power of God. That's how we plug in and get our double-mindedness, our wavering, our independence. He would say, well, you know, I'm an independent Christian. I'm not. I'm a dependent Christian. I depend on the power of God. Double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Well, my. Get it again. Got another four verses. <laughs> My wife says this morning on the way here, says, but how long is it going to take you to go through James? I said, probably about three or four months. That's <laughs> all right. As long as I get the message out. I love talking about the Bible. Because it's my book that he gave me. It's got my name on it. That I am a whosoever. It's my book. I believe it's for all of us. I think we need to commit to God this morning. God, 
stop making me double-minded. He's not making you. Stop letting me be double-minded. Stop letting me be wavering. Stop letting me not ask for the wisdom of God. It's by the asking God for His wisdom that we understand how we're going to get things done. How are we going to build this church up till it's, we have to put in more seats? We got room over here. We can put in more chairs. We have to. We can run sound system out into the fellowship hall. Oh, uh, you're talking crazy talk there. No, I'm not. I'm just saying it's up to us. Like I say, he said, Receive ye the power of the Holy Ghost and go out and preach it to all the world. Well, why don't we just take time and preach it to Danville, Jefferson County? Oh, they need God. Jefferson County needs God. Dandridge needs God. So, anybody have any questions about anything that I've spoken about this morning?